Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Virtual Public Meeting. I am Eileen Williamson and I will be moderating today's call. This webinar is being recorded and will be placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE-NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. Today we will discuss current conditions and the projected operation of the main stem reservoir system. The agenda includes a message from Northwestern Division Commander Brigadier General Pete Helmlinger, an introduction from Mr. John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Water Management Division, Following John's introduction, we'll hear from Mr. Kevin Lau with the Missouri River Basin Forecast Center, Mr. Kevin Grody, Missouri River Water Management Division, and Mr. Mike Swenson, Missouri River Water Management Division. I will monitor for questions using, uh, submitted using the webinar chat function and encourage you to submit your questions, which we will answer at the end of the call. I do ask that you refrain from using the chat function to hold separate discussions. Questions should be focused on Missouri River water management and river operations. Questions that are not on this topic will be directed offline to the appropriate point of contact. Following the presentations, we will move into the question and answer session. As I mentioned before, we will answer questions submitted via chat. We had no questions submitted uh, via the website prior to the meeting, and then we'll call for questions from the phone lines. All of the lines have been placed on mute. However, the forced mute function may not work for all phones, so please use your phone's own mute function to avoid interrupting the call and do not place the call on hold. When it comes time to ask your questions, you may have to do what we call a double unmute, which is unmuting at the computer as well as on your phone, and that may require pressing star six to unmute. And with that, I will hand it over to General Helmlinger. Hey, thank you, Eileen, uh, and good afternoon, everybody. I'm Brigadier General Pete Helmlinger, Commander of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division. I want to thank you for taking the time this afternoon to join us. We value the engagement and comments we receive from stakeholders in the basin and regret that these meetings cannot be held in person. However, due to the COVID, uh, however, uh, due to COVID-19, virtual meetings are the next best way to maintain our commitment to provide necessary information to all basin stakeholders while ensuring the health and safety of the public and core staff. Participation in today's uh, meeting will help ensure a common understanding of our goals and requirements when making decisions on Missouri River Reservoir operations. More importantly, however, these meetings are our opportunity to hear from you. We value your input and encourage you to submit your questions and comments to our staff during this meeting or through email. Email addresses will be provided at the end of this presentation. From a water management standpoint, 2021 is likely to be quite different from that of the previous three years, as we have transitioned from being primarily focused on flood control to managing the system in order to meet downstream flow targets. Before I turn the meeting over to our Missouri River Basin Water Management staff, I want to encourage each of you to remain engaged. 
Stay abreast of the issues that may impact you and your community and ask questions of my staff whenever you feel the need. Thank you in advance for joining us today and I look forward to your discussions. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, I wanted to point out that we did not receive any uh, advanced letters or requests for recognition from elected officials. And so with that, I will hand it over to Mr. John Remus. Thank you, Arlene. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks before beginning the technical discussion. As General Hollander stated, this is an opportunity for us to provide information to you and for you to provide comments and ask questions of us. While the primary focus of the meeting is management of the Missouri River Mainstem Reservoir System, we understand that there may be related topics that you want to comment on. That is the case, please do not hesitate to provide those comments. And as Eileen said, we will uh, pass those on to the appropriate people to, uh, to get answers to your questions. If you are reading from a prepared statement, please email that document to either Kevin Grody, Mike Swanson, or myself, or you can email it to the Missouri River Water Management inbox. Uh, those email addresses are provided at the end of the presentation. Also, we have a limited amount of time, so I ask that you keep your comments and questions as brief as possible to allow everyone a chance to comment. For those that have attended our public meetings in the past, you will notice that we have abbreviated the presentation. This will allow for more questions and answer time. Also, as General Hollander stated, uh, 2018, 19, and the first half of 2020, our focus was on flood risk management. But as you will hear in a few minutes, a large portion of the upper Missouri River Basin has become relatively dry. We are now forecasting a below average upper basin runoff, and therefore will likely be focusing on meeting flow targets. I do want to assure everyone at the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission protecting stakeholders when we can from significant hydrologic events that pose a threat to human health and safety. We are also committed to serving the authorized purposes as, out, as outlined in the master plan. Overall, the reservoir system is in very good shape for both a flood control and a flow support point of view. We are currently meeting full service navigation flow targets. Kevin Grody and Mike Swenson will provide more details in a few minutes. As stated earlier, we will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes, as described in the Master Manual. We will continue to comply with all laws, including the Endangered Species Act, and we will comply with the 2008 Biological Opinion. Lastly, as General Helmer said, our preference is to have these meetings face-to-face and it is our hope that we can resume in-person meetings in the fall. That concludes my opening remarks. Thank you very much. We look forward to your questions and comments. I will now turn the discussion over to Mr. Kevin Lau from the Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Kevin? Thank you, John. Um, good afternoon, everyone. On behalf of the National Weather Service, I would like to thank the Corps of Engineers for inviting our participation in this public meeting. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Lau. 
I am a river forecaster with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center located outside of Kansas City, Missouri. And I will provide a climate and flood potential outlook for the Missouri Basin. Uh, next slide, please. First of all, I think it's instructive to see where we have been weather-wise uh, since last fall. This slide shows temperature and precipitation anomalies since October 1st. On the left-hand side, we see that since October 1st, temperatures across the Missouri River Basin have been above normal in the north to near normal in the western and southern portions. Also on the right, right-hand side, we see that since October 1st, precipitation has been well below normal in the north and the west, with portions of the lower basin receiving above normal precipitation. With the next slide, we'll look at temperatures and precipitation over just the past three months. Again, we see that temperatures depicted on the left-hand side of this slide have been above normal over eastern Montana and the Dakotas, with normal to slightly below normal temperatures over the remainder of the Missouri River Basin. Again, this is over the past three months. Precipitation since the beginning of the year is shown on the right-hand graphic, and we see well below normal precipitation over Montana and the Dakotas, with above normal precipitation over the southern half of the basin. With the next slide, we will transition into looking into the future. Over the next three months, April, May, and June, warmer than normal temperatures are likely over the entire basin as shown on the left-hand graphic. Regarding precipitation over the next three months, the right-hand graphic shows that odds favor below normal precipitation in the west, but equal chances over the remainder of the basin. That's the area shown in white. So for much of the Missouri Basin, what equal chances mean is that there is no strong signal to suggest either above normal, normal, or below normal precipitation over the next three months. Again, that's the portion in white. But the next slide, we will look way ahead into late summer, and chances lean toward warmer than normal temperatures over the entire basin during the months of July, August, and September. The precipitation outlook for the same three months is shown in the right-hand graphic, and that suggests that the entire Missouri River Basin is likely to receive less than normal precipitation over the summer months. Moving now from climate outlooks to river flooding outlooks with the next slide, our latest 90-day uh, river outlook uh, run that uh, covers the three-month period of April, May, and June. Flood risk over most of the Missouri Basin is much reduced from normal due to the lack of plain snow, a near-average mountain snowpack, and the extreme soil dryness that exists over most of the basin. But while flood risk is much reduced over most of the basin, there still exists the likelihood of flooding in the lower third of the basin, as illustrated in the colored dot map that you see. Green dots indicate locations that have less than a 50% chance of flooding at that particular site over the next three months. And as you see, most of the basin is covered in green dots. Orange dots reflect the likelihood to see minor flooding over the next 90 days, and red dots indicate moderate level flooding likely over the next 90 days. Flood potential for April, May, and June is pretty much limited to the lower portion of the basin, 
including southeastern Nebraska, eastern Kansas, and across the state of Missouri. And this is not unusual. In fact, we've already experienced three or four rounds of flooding already since January in this area. Thunderstorm activity drives springtime flooding in the lower third of the basin. And we do expect to see episodic minor to moderate flooding in the lower basin over the course of the next three months. This includes the Missouri River itself, which has already experienced minor flooding below Kansas City and is expected to see continued episodes of minor to even moderate level flooding as we move into the late spring. In summary then, uh, with the last slide please, La Nina conditions are expected to fade into insole neutral by summer with a possible reoccurrence of La Nina conditions next fall. La Nina typically signals a greater likelihood of cool and wet in the Northwest and dry and warm in the Southern portion of the basin, but that's in the winter time. And so, whether it be La Nina or El Nino, uh, that plays a very small role in helping us to forecast summertime weather within the basin. Over the next six months, the basin is expected to be warmer than normal. Over the next six months, nowhere in the basin do odds favor above normal precipitation, but there are areas where drier than normal conditions are expected to prevail. River flood potential is greatly reduced as compared to normal for most of the Missouri River Basin. However, as has already occurred this year, we do expect episodes of minor to moderate flooding to continue over eastern Kansas, southeastern Nebraska, and the state of Missouri over the next three months. Folks can access the 2021 NOAA National Spring Outlook at the blue website shown. And NOAA will also host the next Climate Summer and Outlook monthly webinar on 15 April. And folks can register at the bottom website shown. Thank you, and that concludes the National Weather Service Climate and Weather Briefing. Thanks, Kevin, and we'll move it to Kevin Grody. Can you hear me, Eileen? Yes. All right. So I am on slide 12. So as noted on this slide, the Corps' main priority in regulating the mainstream reservoirs is life and safety. Our operational decisions for the system are driven by runoff. And we make those decisions based on the rule curves in the master manual. We regulate the system to serve the listed eight congressionally authorized purposes. Now, some of you may be wondering why flood control, navigation, and water supply are noted above the other five purposes of hydropower, fish and wildlife, irrigation, recreation, and water quality control. And that's because when we make operational decisions for flood control, navigation, and water supply, we are also serving the other authorized purposes. And finally, making, in making our operational decisions, the Corps, the Corps will always comply with all applicable federal laws. So I'm now moving to slide 13. The system is comprised of six separate dams and reservoirs located in Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota. However, some of our decisions are based on how much water is in all six projects, and we refer to this as system storage. So this slide shows the four zones, 
and these four zones all exist at the projects. The permanent pool is the lowest zone and reflects the minimum amount of water needed to meet authorized purposes such as hydropower. The carryover multiple use zone is the largest zone. It was designed this large to provide water for authorized purposes during long extended droughts. In fact, the design for the, for the size of this zone was based on the 1930 to 1941, the 12-year Depression era drought. So I'm going to skip to the top zone, the exclusive flood control zone. So as the name implies, if we're in this zone, our operational decisions will be made exclusively for flood control purposes. The annual flood control and multiple use zone is a zone that we hope to be in 365 days of the year. Ideally, we start the runoff season, which is around March 1st, at the base of the zone at 56.1 million acre feet. As the plains snow melts and the rain falls in March and April, the storage will increase. As the mountain snow melts and rain falls in May, June, and July, the storage level will increase further and peak in early July. And then during the late summer, fall, and winter, the drier months, we will evacuate this water to continue to serve the authorized purposes. The intent is to start the next runoff year at the base of this zone. Right now, our current storage is at 56.1 million acre feet at the base of the annual flood control multiple use zone. So I'm going to go to slide 14 now. So while there was significant snow in parts of Nebraska and Iowa this last winter, Plains snow was very sparse in the upper basin. This graphic is from March 1st which was about the time that we had the highest accumulation of plain snow in the upper basin. And as you can see from the legend on the left-hand side, that gray was really a trace to one inch of snow water equivalent. So let's move to slide 15. Mountain snowpack in the upper basin affects the upper two system reservoirs, Fort Peck and Garrison. The snowpack normally peaks near April 15. It appears that the snowpack has peaked in both reaches last week. The snowpack in the Fort Peck reach is 83% of average, and the snowpack in the Garrison reach is 88% of average. Let's move to slide 16. Soil moisture conditions have improved in the last 30 days. South Dakota is in the normal conditions, so there's very little color on the map. But there are drier than normal areas in North Dakota, eastern Montana, and Wyoming. Conditions are wetter than normal in significant portions of Nebraska, Kansas, and Missouri. Next slide. Our forecast for the 2021 upper basin runoff, which is the basin above Sioux City, Iowa, is 21.3 million acre feet about four and a half million acre feet below the long-term average. The upper, best, upper basin runoff comes from three components, plains of snowmelt, mountain snowmelt, and rainfall. During the months of March and April, we normally see about 25% of the annual runoff from plains, snowmelt, and rainfall runoff. During the months of May, June, and July, we normally see about 50% of the annual runoff from mountain snowmelt and rainfall runoff. 
We'd see about 75% of the annual runoff during that five-month period from March through July. And during the other seven months of the year, we see the other 25% of the runoff. So let's go to slide 18. This slide shows the annual upper basin runoff since 1898. I like to note the variability in runoff over the last 123 years. During that period, we have seen four long extended droughts, which are noted in the tan colored bars. We've also seen some very high runoff years, 2018 and 2019 being the most current. You'll see five dashed lines on this graph. And Mike is gonna talk more about these during his presentation, but briefly, the UD stands for upper decile, which means that 10% of the runoff years are above this line and 90% are below. The UQ stands for upper quartile, or 25%. Median is 50%, lower quartile and lower decile are 75% and 90% respectively. The 2021 forecasted runoff is highlighted in red and it's slightly more than a lower quartile runoff. So next slide. So this slide shows the 2021 runoff forecast of 21.3 million acre feet by month. The red bars show the long-term average. The blue bars show the observed runoff for the first three months of this year. And the yellow bars present the forecasted runoff. It's important to note that only January is showing above average runoff in 2021. So that concludes my presentation, and I'm all, I will now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Kevin. I'm going to continue our presentation by discussing the current regulation forecast and the expected results for the authorized purposes in 2021. First, on slide 21, is an update on current reservoir conditions. Eileen, that slide hasn't completely refreshed on our end. There you go. Uh, this graphic is like Kevin's earlier slide 13 and shows the zones at the upper three projects and then Fort Randall. Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 0.7. 0.9 and 0.2 feet below the base of the annual flood control zones. Fort Randall is at elevation 1354.3, which is above the base of the flood control zone, but is very close to its normal operating level of 1355 for this time of year. Next slide. The next few slides show the current monthly regulation forecast. Slide 22 here shows system storage in million acre feet. The black line is the actual system storage going back to last year. The blue line is the basic regulation forecast based on the, excuse me, based on the April 1st runoff forecast as Kevin discussed earlier. We also bracket the basic runoff forecast with a wetter and drier runoff condition and then use that as input to the reservoir model, and we refer to those as the upper and lower basic simulations. Those simulations are shown here as the red dashed lines. These simulations give us a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under various runoff scenarios. You'll also see the three green triangles, which indicate three system storage checks, 
The March 15th storage check sets the service level for the first part of the navigation season. The July 1st check sets the service level for the second half of the navigation season and the navigation season length. And the September 1st storage check sets the winter release from Gavin's Point. If you follow the black line, you can see that we started last year at the base of the annual flood control zone. We captured water during high runoff periods. And then that water was evacuated by mid-December of this past year. We are currently at the base of the annual flood control zone, as Kevin shown. Under the basic forecast, system storage rises as we capture spring runoff in the melting mountain snow, peaks in the summer around 58.6 million acre feet. And again, that water is evacuated while providing for the authorized purposes. Under the basic forecast, the system storage would be 2.2 million acre feet under the base of the flood control zone in February of 2022. Next slide. The next three slides here are a similar style of chart for the upper three large reservoirs showing elevation rather than storage. Slide 23 shows fork peck. Following the blue line, and again, that's the basic forecast, it shows a peak elevation near 2237 after capture of runoff from the melting mountain snow. Peak releases are expected to average about 10,500 CFS this summer. The basic forecast shows the reservoir starting next year 3.2 feet below the base of the flood control zone. Slide 24 shows Garrison. The basic forecast shows the reservoir peaking near 1842. Peak releases are expected to average about 25,000 CFS this summer. If the basic forecast verifies, the reservoir starts next year 2.7 feet below the flood control zone. And finally, on the next slide is Oahe. Oahe is expected to peak near elevation 1608. Peak releases are expected to average about 33,000 CFS. The basic forecast shows the reservoir starting next year 2.7 feet below the base of the flood control zone. Next slide. Slide 26 shows the master annual rule curves and details the system storage checks that I mentioned earlier. As will be noted on upcoming slides, under the basic forecast, we are just beginning to show implementation of water conservation measures. However, if conditions follow a drier scenario like the lower basic forecast, we may have reductions in support to navigation after July 1st and lower winter releases from Gavin's Point. Next slide. So on these last two slides, I'll cover the individual project purposes. First on slide 27 is flood control. As seen on the earlier slide 22, all of the 2020 flood water was evacuated uh, from last year by mid-December. Although the runoff forecast is lower than average this year, it's important to note that flooding can still occur due to upstream and downstream rainfall events. Our ability to reduce stages diminishes as you move further downstream due to increased travel times. This is particularly true downstream of Gavin's Point due to the long travel times and also due to the large unregulated area below the system of reservoirs. The next authorized purpose shown here is navigation. Based on the March 15th storage check, flow support is set at full service for the first part of the navigation season. On the April 1st studies, all scenarios show full-length 
uh, navigation seasons. The next storage check is on July 1st. The current upper basic forecast shows a 10-day extension to flow support and above full service flows for flood storage evacuation. Under the basic forecast, there's a full service flow support after July 1st. The lower basic forecast shows a reduction in flow support of about 2,000 CFS below full service after the July 1st storage check. Depending on runoff and downstream flows, we may not meet targets in reaches without commercial navigation as a water conservation measure. I'm now on slide 28, and the next purpose is hydropower. The current forecast for annual generation is 9.5 billion kilowatt hours, which is right near the long-term average. The next project purposes are water supply, irrigation, and recreation they all require access to water. The basic forecast shows near average elevations and releases in the near term. While releases are near average, we are aware of some access issues with respect to irrigation in the Fort Peck Reach. For water supply, the basic forecast shows Gavin's Point winter releases of 20,000 CFS for the upper basic forecast, 16,500 CFS for basic, and then 12,000 CFS under the lower basic forecast based on the September 1st storage check. The 16,500 CFS release is just a slight reduction from the 17,000 CFS release we had this past winter. And then Fish and Wildlife, steady rising reservoir levels at the upper three projects, again, that's Fort Peck, Garrison, and Wahi, are preferred during the forage fish spawn Depending on the timing and distribution of runoff this spring, it may be difficult to keep all three of those reservoirs rising. If runoff is insufficient to do that, the plan would favor Fort Peck and Oahe to the extent possible. For the piping plovers, we expect to have typical summer bird operations for basic and lower runoff. And then the last slide, slide 29 shows the Missouri River Basin Weekly Update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my presentation. I will turn it back to Eileen. All right, thank you, Mike, and thank you everyone for those updates. We're going to move into the question and answer period. As I mentioned before, all lines have been placed on mute. We had no questions submitted uh, in advance of the call via our website. So I'm going to move to questions submitted using the webinar's chat function. Um, any questions that are duplicate, duplicative, I will um, consolidate. There were none, however. Um, the first question, is how will releases change if the inflows meet predictions? Could you say that again, Eileen? How will the releases change if the inflows meet predictions? And that was asked while uh, Mike was talking about the system storage forecast, which I moved to that slide. I guess the, uh, the question is releases from where? Uh, is that system releases from Gavin's Point? 
or is it a particular project uh, upper in the upper basin? Gavin's Point. Gavin's Point. We are going to uh, meet our navigation float, uh, full service flow support targets, at least for the first half of the season, which means uh, meeting the targets at uh, Sioux City, Omaha, Nebraska City, Kansas City. So we'll make releases to meet those targets, which will take into account uh, any uh, uh, inflow below the, the, the system. Um, so those may change on a daily basis. They may not change much, but uh, we're going to meet those targets. And those targets are, Kevin, you? Yeah. So right now, 31,000 at Sioux City and Omaha, 37,000 at Nebraska City, and 41,000 at Kansas City. And we uh, will have one target that usually controls, and right now it, I think it is a, a Sioux City target Correct. controlling. So uh, to expand on that a little bit, if there are no boats, say, above Omaha scheduled, uh, and uh, Sioux City is the target, we may not meet the target at Sioux City. But right now I think there's a boat that is still above Omaha here. Correct. So we're meeting that target. I hope that answers the question. I believe it does. Um, and I'm going to go to the next question, which is related to that, and that has to do with where should levels be on July 1 to provide a full navigation season? And I believe you covered that on this slide. Yes. All right, could you write so could you repeat that again, Eileen? So they're looking for full service on July 1st? Yeah. Where, okay, so. yeah. where should storage levels be on July 1st to provide a full navigation season? So in terms of, oh, let me talk about the service level first. So that's the little call out box there. So if system storage is 57 or more on July 1st, that equates to a full service flow uh, support for navigation. The next table down there shows the July 1st storage check for the season length. And so if we have 51.5 million acre feet or more on July 1st, that gives us a eight month uh, flow support season. Okay. Uh, next question. I guess oh, I, can, I can just add one more thing to that, I guess. So on the current lower basic forecast, you can see there and highlighted in yellow that the system storage on July 1st under the lower basic is 54.9. So it's still quite a bit above that 51.5 uh, in terms of the eight-month season. Uh, the next question asked, um, and it was when you were on this, these slides, was uh, what is the reason for using feet versus million acre? The uh, slide 22, that is just the total storage in the system, which doesn't have an elevation associated with it. Uh, it's a, a gross total storage. The other three uh, are provided to let uh, people know what the lake levels would do under those different scenarios. Um, we could have storage in the display storage for each individual project, but that really doesn't mean a lot to the folks on the reservoir. They, they like to 
I think it uh, tells a better story if we give them like elevations instead of storage. Okay. Yeah, uh, next question. Uh, oh, uh, go ahead. Uh, slide 22, that is total storage, not just the storage in those three reservoirs. It includes the storage in Gavin's Point, Port Randall, and Big Bend as well. Okay. Will the flow release be affected by the planned construction and repairs on the lower Missouri River structures? Would you, would you repeat that? Will the flow release, so I'm assuming Gavin's point releases, be affected by the planned construction or repairs on the lower Missouri River structures? No, as I said earlier, we will meet the flow targets at uh, Sioux City, Omaha, Kansas City, Nebraska City to support full service flows uh, on the Missouri River. Um, the repairs to the BSNP will uh, will continue uh, as uh, as planned. Okay, and then building off that question, why are there no flow targets for lower than Kansas City? It has to do with the, the travel time from uh, Gavin's Point to uh, the mouth. It's a five-day travel time uh, from Gavin's Point to, to uh, Kansas City. And beyond that, we really lose our ability to uh, uh, manage to a flow target when we're talking about hitting a target. So that's why. Okay. Um, the next question is, if actual runoff is higher or lower than projected, when would operations be reevaluated? Again, I'm assuming we're talking about system releases from Gavin's Point, and we would uh, look at those at, the, at July 1st. We'll do our July 1st storage check, which, as Mike said, sets the uh, service level for the second half of the navigation season as well as the season length, navigation support season length. And then uh, we'll do our September 1st storage check, which uh, would set the winter flow uh, release levels. Um, and you want to expand on that because it is we do that a little bit differently during high runoff years as far as uh, release changes. Say that again, please. Uh, just would you want to expand on that explanation? That explanation is focusing on current operations, but I know when we have um, large storm event, storms and when we have higher runoff years that we're reevaluating more frequently. Well, yes, if we're dealing with evacuation of flood water, we, we would evaluate that uh, more often. We actually evaluate our uh, releases and our, our forecast every week, usually on Wednesday we put out a three-week forecast, uh, which takes into account the conditions of the basin. But, uh, and as, as we're dealing with, uh, or appear to be dealing with uh, a drought situation or at least a below, over, a below normal runoff, uh, we will look at uh, what we need to release every day in order to meet those targets, and that can fluctuate on a daily basis. All right, thank you. Uh, next question, uh, seems like Fort Peck is full, so in a dry year, why not use some more storage for higher river flows for irrigation pump supply? 
While there is water in the river, it is not at the level where pumps can be accessed. I'm getting some feedback from somebody's speaker. All right, let me try that again. Um, so water is in the river, but not at a level where irrigators can access for pumps. They're not asking the barge industry to get a different boat when the flow is low. Um, why is irrigation given different treatment? Uh, the levels are set, the release levels are set to based on the, the total storage in the system. Uh, we have been in contact with some stakeholders below Fort Peck uh, irrigators. We are looking at some scenarios where we may change our operations, at least um, shift um, uh, releases uh, to different times in the season uh, to maybe make the situation better. But you have to understand that it's kind of a zero-sum game. There's only so much water, so if we release more water, in April or May than we would normally do, we're going to have less water to release in August and September. So uh, we're looking at some of those alternatives, but uh, right now we don't have any definite plans to change uh, our release schedule. I guess, I mean, I would also add that uh, I guess the question made sort of reference that Fort Peck is full and Fort Peck's near its target elevation for this time of year. As we mentioned on the basic forecast, it really starts next year 2.2 feet below, or excuse me, 3.2 feet below that elevation. So that indicates we're starting to draft storage into that uh, lower zone that Kevin talked about. And there are, there are stakeholders and users in the reservoir as well uh, that, that we need to be cognizant of. Okay, the last question I may need some clarification on. Uh, if you could make it happen, where would other reservoirs to better manage flood control and navigation flows? I'm assuming where would those reservoirs be, but I'm not, maybe if the uh, submitter could clarify that question. Yeah, where would they be built? So if you were to build another reservoir to better manage flood control and navigation, where would that be located? Uh, you know, that, uh, that's something I really can't answer. Uh, we just don't have to answer that question. All right, thanks, All right. John. Okay, so that, uh, comprises all of the questions submitted by a chat. I'm going to remain, uh, field any remaining questions from callers. Can you mute the line there? Okay. So to unmute your line and ask a question, you'll need to press star six. If you're using the webinar, you may also need to unmute it at the computer. I'm going to go in alphabetical order by state. I'm going to start with uh, congressional, uh, tribal, and uh, local government officials. And then I'll move to uh, individuals and then the media. So first, um, 
Congressional Tribal Local Government, State of Iowa. Kansas. Again, star six to unmute and perhaps unmute on your screen. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota and Wyoming. Okay, we'll move to members of the public or the media. Uh, again, in alphabetical order, star six to unmute your line and just public or media. Uh, State of Iowa. Kansas. Missouri. Good afternoon. Uh, this is Lynn Munch with AWO. I just wanted to, I, I just wanted to say thank you to the core for continuing to release the AOP, um, you know, as, as early as possible so our navigators can make some decisions. And and also wanted to thank you for these presentations because, especially bringing in uh, information from other agencies on on what we think is going to happen, which is always a mystery, but what we think is going to happen with the rain is, is very useful information for businesses trying to make a plan. So just really a thank you. Thank you. Uh, any others from state of Missouri? Montana? Yes, this is Nebraska. Mike Ames. Yes, this is Mike Ames with uh, YDOC, Land and Livestock. Uh, I I did uh, was able to talk to John a little bit this morning. I really appreciated that. Had a few more questions. We've always wondered about the gauge station at Wolf Point, Montana. We we kind of for some reason uh, think that station reports higher flows than what's actual. And I've asked and I've wondered about when the last time that gauge station was surveyed for accuracy. Hey, we, uh, uh, you should never <laughs> let me push back the side. I'm on the phone. Uh, <laughs> I know that. I need me there. Uh, to answer uh, Mr. Ames's question, the USGS uh, measures that uh, station uh, uh, five, four or five times a year. So they, they verify that uh, a number of times. So uh, uh, we will we will pass that along to them that you have some concerns, but I really think they, they do a pretty good job of uh, verifying the data that comes out of that station. Yeah, we I, I just did not know how often it was uh, surveyed. And then uh, it seems to not always be accurate with the uh, information we get out of Congress and Davis. Same thing. It's the same thing. It's a USGS rated gauge. 
Okay. Could you? Uh, I could not get on the internet real, so I had to call in. Could you report what you're anticipating, what your discharges are going to be out of four pack for the irrigation season this year? Mike, do you want to answer that? Yeah, so the releases out of four pack are currently 7,500 CFS. The current basic forecast shows us going up to 9,000 in May, which will probably more than likely, if we don't change anything, will be you know, part of the month at 7,500 and then part of the month at 10,500. And then we'll hold that 10,500 through August or actually into September before we ramp down towards the fall release of about 7,000. That's the current plan. Okay. And as, as, as I said earlier, uh, Mr. Ames, uh, we are evaluating some scenarios based on our conversation this morning. If we do make a change to that, uh, all those numbers will probably change one way or the other. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand. And then I have to I have John, one more can you question. Last right. September, the flows out of Fort Peck got reduced dramatically uh, after the 1st of September. Uh, we were not able to irrigate um, at uh, half of our, our pump sites because of the reduced flow. And then at our our system in Williston, we ran out of water on September 10th, and we normally operate that system till, till October 1st. And I was just curious why the flows were reduced out of Fort Peck uh, that early. We would have liked to fall irrigated, but we could not. And um, I, it's the first time I've seen that happen, and so I. I was wondering the reasoning for that. Uh, again, that uh, our, our flows, uh, our releases from all of the reservoirs are based on the storage uh, and, uh, the, and the, the guidance in the master manual. Uh, that is not necessarily unusual that we would reduce flows that time of year. Uh, the, the basin dried up and the inflows dried up. Um, also there at Williston, you do have uh, a lot of contributing flow, you usually have a lot of contributing flow from the Yellowstone River, which also dried up. So uh, it was kind of a combination of things. Okay. And is that something you would anticipate, again, happening in 2021? The reducing of the flows in September you're referring to? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's... That's pretty typical of our operation is to provide higher flows, you know, from about mid-May through mid-September and then reduce it, uh, you know, sometime in the fall there, typically mid-September. Yeah. Yeah, we we deal with mid-September and that, that helps us out, but when it happens the 1st of September, that really cuts us short for irrigators, just so you're aware. Thank you. Thank you. I had to mute you guys. It was providing feedback again. So um, we'll go back. Uh, <laughs> We're going to go back and uh, if there are any additional questions from Montana. 
again, just any, uh, if you're on the line and have a question from the state you represent, um, star six to unmute and unmute on your computer. Uh, Nebraska. North Dakota. Eileen. Yes. Terry Fleck, Friends of Lake Chicago. Hey, Terry. Good afternoon. I'd like to echo Lynn's comments. John, thank you, and to your team. Always an enlightened opportunity for all of us as it relates to the information. We appreciate all the work that you guys do, and that includes you as well, Eileen. And I just wanted to, to say it was nice to hear the discussion and the mention of drug conservation, John, as it relates to this situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, the Weather Service uh, made it look a little bit dire as it relates to the future, and I'm not sure who wants to take my question, but I, I, I just want, there's a, a tremendous amount of deferred maintenance on the Garrison Project. And if we move forward with drought projections, as Kevin talked about with the uh, lower levels next spring, I just want to make sure we, and this could probably wait for the fall ELP, but I want to make sure we get this on leadership's radar now at the core. We could face some serious challenges with access on the Garrison Project uh, next year. Of course, we don't know just exactly what Mother Nature is going to deliver next winter, but I, I just want to make sure that we that we start thinking forward because, as I indicated, we have a lot of deferred maintenance there, and I'm just wanting to make sure that, that budgeting is there and budgets are given some, care, given some careful consideration as it relates to access in, in the 2022 season. Over. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, are you meaning uh, maintenance of recreational facilities, access facilities, that what you're talking about? I would, I would call it, John, deferred maintenance at large. I would leave it to Todd to define that. I'm not going to suggest for a moment that all of that deferred maintenance recreation, but there is a lot of deferred maintenance, and so I just want to make sure that that I get it on leadership's radar because I don't want to wait. I'd like to, not unlike yourselves, we'd like to be planning in advance. So as this, as this progresses and moves forward, most of us, some of us, not unlike yourself, John, have been doing this for a long time. And so it's it's good to be planning ahead and making sure that we have the resources necessary to, to take care of recreation on, on the Garrison Project. Over. Well, thank you, Jerry. We'll pass that along to the Omaha District folks. Thank you. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks, Terry. Uh, any other questions, comments from State of North Dakota? Again, star six and on your computer to unmute. Uh, moving on, State of South Dakota. And Wyoming. And any final questions before we adjourn? Yes, this is Dick Iverson from Montana. Do you have time for one more question? Absolutely, go ahead. Uh, we had a chance to visit this morning with uh, Mike, or Mike Ames and I did with John Remus and Mike Lincoln. And we did send a all points bulletin out to about 80 or 90 irrigators that we have on a uh, mailing list. And this is below Fort Peck Dam, irrigators that access the river by private irrigation pumps, as well as the two Fort Peck tribes irrigation systems. And 
And at that lower flow that we're experiencing right now, I realize, uh, Mike, you mentioned you will bump it up to uh, like 10, five or 10,000 in, uh, in May. If it, we're going to need that at the latest by May one, because we just cannot get our, a lot of these pumps in the river, but we should have some better data with, we asked them to return information to us by Saturday of this week, but we'll be reaching out to you hopefully on Monday and see if we can kind of come to some sort of a compromise to keep these farmers that can't irrigate from going broke if they can't get their pumps in. There's only so much you can do on this river, as you are aware, with dredging and, and access to getting water into the pump sites. Thank you for this opportunity, and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks, Thanks for your Jerry. comment. Uh, any final questions again? John, any final comments? I uh, just want to thank Kevin Lau for his uh, support here and uh, thank everyone for tuning in and uh, listening and uh, uh, we will uh, take your comments to heart here. With that, I'll turn it over to General Hellinger if he has any closing uh, comments. Yeah, Brigadier General Helminger, I just want to thank all of our, our, our partners and stakeholders for participating today. Uh, again, your input is uh, very valuable to us, and I encourage you to continue uh, to stay connected and, form, and informed throughout this season. But thank you all for your partnership. Over. Thank you. And again, we do appreciate participation today. If you joined late or know someone who missed the call, we will be holding another call at 6 p.m. And um, if you did not receive the uh, information about this call by email and would like to, please send us an email via our website. And with that, I will end the call. Thank you. All right, thanks, Mike. And we're gonna move to the question and answer session. Get back to my notes here. As I mentioned before, the lines have been placed on mute, so in order to ask your question, you'll need to unmute your line uh, on the webinar as well as press star six on your phone. Um, when you're done asking your question, if you'll please put your phone back on mute um, just to keep the call from being interrupted. Uh, be sure to state your name and the organization you represent before asking your question. Um, we do have, um, only 38 callers, so I'm not going to uh, prioritize other than go alphabetical order by state. So um, just feel free to ask your question when your state is called. Um, I do have two questions that I forwarded to John Remus earlier today. I'll allow him to uh, answer them first. And then I do have two that were submitted via chat. Thank you, Eileen. Uh, the first question is from uh, Mr. Mike Ames, uh, Montana. The question was, when was the gauge station at Wolf Point, Montana last surveyed for accuracy? Uh, that gauge is maintained by the U.S. Geological Survey, and they uh, measure, take measurements there several times a year in order to ensure the, uh, the accuracy of that gauge. Uh, 
I don't know exactly when their last measurement was taken, but they take several a year. I, I checked in uh, October. October. Yeah. Okay. When they did a measurement, so they, they will go out there between then and now to uh, check the gauge on a regular basis. Yeah. But that's when they can do the last open water measurement right. is when they get ice. And then they'll be making their first one here probably. Usually, when I look at it historically, they, they usually do four year, April, June, um, August, and October. So probably this month they'll do out there. Uh, the other question was also from Mike uh, Ames, and the question was, what are the planned releases from Port Peck Dam for the 2021 irrigation season? Mike, would you like to provide in those numbers? Sure. Uh, so our current plan for Fort Peck releases, uh, we're currently on 7,500 CFS for release. We plan to hold that through April and into the first part of May, where we'll likely increase releases to 10,500 CFS and then hold that 10,500 CFS into about mid-September and then go down to about 7,000 CFS. And again, that's what we're showing on the basic condition right now. To follow on that, that's based on the April 1st runoff forecast. And uh, we make that, we update that every month. Uh, more often if we feel it's needed and that number can and will likely change one way or the other each month. Those are the two email questions. So Eileen, uh, we can turn it back over to you. Okay, so the questions submitted uh, through the chat are, are there any enhancements to the system included in the current federal administration proposed infrastructure bill? Yeah, I would, I'm assuming they mean physical enhancements, uh, and uh, the answer to that is not that I'm aware. We, we typically do not provide comment on proposed legislation um, and wait for projects to be uh, delegated to us uh, once funding is made available. Uh, next question is, what does basic mean average? Or does basic mean average, excuse me? So when you say upper basic, lower basic, does basic mean average? Okay, so basic does not mean average. Um, basic is the equivalent of most likely. So we take into account what are the current soil conditions, what is the mountain snowpack, which is below average, soil conditions, which is drier than normal, precipitation outlooks from the National Weather Service, and as Kevin Lau mentioned, nowhere in the basin are they projecting above average precipitation over the next six months. So that's where that 21.3 comes in. That is our most likely runoff. Um, just for simplicity's sake, we years ago started referring that to that as the basic uh, because most likely, uh, but what are the normal is harder to say, I think. And so that is the equivalent of upper basic. So upper basic would be the most likely but then we're going to take into a little bit wetter conditions. And the lower basic is most likely but taking into account even drier than what we expect it to be. I hope that makes sense. 
So the, to answer the, 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 the core of the question, the basic is not average. It's based on our most likely uh, runoff forecast, which is based on the information we have on hand. Exactly, which is 21.3. 21.3, which is below average. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we walked that um, around enough. <laughs> and thank you for that math lesson. I'll be sure to have my child use that on the ACT. Yeah, well, uh, the next not. one, <laughs> the next is uh, just a comment, and that is apparently um, our shining faces are missed, and we they look forward to seeing us in the fall. So with that, I am going to open the lines for, um, or allow you to open the lines for questions. Uh, we'll start with the state of Iowa. Again, star six to unmute your line, um, unmute your line on the webinar, and State your name and organization, State of Iowa. Okay, moving to Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Hi there, can you hear me all right? Yes. This is Liv Holt with the Missouri River Conservation Districts Council. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding correctly. When you look at that um, graphic that shows what level and stage four PEC dam is at, I read that to be that we're at the full level for multiple use. So I'm having a hard time understanding why we're restricting releases um, downstream for irrigation. Could someone speak to that? Yes, this is John Remus. The uh, releases, as, as Kevin uh, Grody uh, mentioned, is based on our runoff forecast. We have a, a, a set of rule curves or release uh, guidance uh, for each of the, the projects based on the runoff forecast, and that's what we have there. And the uh, kind of the uh, multiple use or the carryover multiple use zone is, as Kevin described, there to uh, get us through extended droughts. Just a Over. comment. Can I, can I just make a comment quickly? We're at the point in irrigation season now where um, if, you know, crops don't germinate, it doesn't matter if we have a drought. And the only way to do that is through irrigation. Um, and that's really needed at the end of April, beginning of May. Yeah, we had some conversations earlier this morning with uh, a couple of the stakeholders, irrigator stakeholders there. We are looking at some uh, scenarios uh, where we would possibly be able to provide uh, irrigation, more water earlier in the season. Um, Dick Iverson is, is kind of leading that. He's going to get back to us early next week with some parameters as to how much and when. And we're going to be looking at that as a possibility. I'm not going to say we are, and I'm not going to say we aren't going to do that, but we are going to look at that and see if we can shift some water. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any other um, questions from the state of Montana? Again, star six and unmute on your uh, computer. Okay, moving to state of Nebraska. 
Hello? Hello? Yes, uh, this is Robert Anderson from uh, Culbertson, Montana. I'm an irrigator, and uh, I missed, right now you're at 7,500, if I believe, and when are they going to raise it to the 10.5? Our plan right now is for about mid-May. Mid-May. Okay. But we did hear your comment on the earlier call about needing it earlier, so we'll take a look at that. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, we were state of Nebraska. Okay. North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Any final questions from anyone? Start six and uh, unmute on your, your computer. Uh, Eileen, I have a uh, I have a one here in the chat. Oh, okay. Uh, it's from uh, uh, Jeff Simon, and the the question is: The Corps recently contracted with the North Dakota Ag Weather Network to gather more information about upper basin runoff. Can you please describe the goals of the project? And I'm going to ask Kevin Grody to. Sure. Uh, so I believe you're referring to the Upper Missouri Basin Monitoring Network for uh, soil moisture and plain snowpack. And we are actually uh, contracting with each of the five mesonets, uh, North Dakota being one of them, but Montana, North, South Dakota, Wyoming, and Nebraska. And, and this is a, a very, it's a long-term project and it takes somewhere between five and eight years to get this uh, completely installed, but our overall goal, goal is to retrofit the existing um, mesonet stations out there. Uh, it's about 180 to 200 of them in the five-state area above in the upper Missouri Basin, uh, and then install new sites. When it's all said and done, there should be about 540 of these. And they monitor soil moisture and plain snowpack, and that information uh, will be uh, shared with uh, National Weather Service partners, and, and we'll also use that data in our runoff models. Uh, so that will be uh, more data to, to for our forecasting models. Over. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Um, I have not received any additional questions in the chat, so uh, with that, I've, I'm Again, if there are any last ones to be submitted via the phone. Yes, I'd like Star to comment. Go ahead. Uh, yes, this is Joe Gibbs. I'm here in central Missouri. I've worked with a lot of levy districts over the years. <clears throat> this is kind of an uh, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of an unrelated subject, but it deals with IROCs. Um, I remember a sandbar here at Sarcy's Bend. Uh, where uh, three camping parties a quarter of a mile apart uh, on that sandbar, and when an IROC was built, uh, the sandbar was completely destroyed as far as recreational value is concerned. Um, and uh, just wanted to 
let that let that out there that uh, the I rocks are causing problems down here as far as recreation is concerned. Thank you. Uh, Joe, do you mean the interception and rearing complexes, the IRCs? Yes, the IRCs. Yeah. All right. And uh, Thank that, you. that that sandbar was, I mean. Uh, you know, it was a half mile long anyway, and you could have three camping parties there, uh, and you know, in August for the cool nights and everything. And zap, when they put the IROC in or the IRC in, it it vanished. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right. Any final comments or questions? All right, with that, I'll uh, let you handle the closing, John. Uh, yes, I'd just like to thank everybody for uh, dialing in. Uh, thank you for your comments and your questions, and I'd like to thank Kevin Lyle again for his support on this call. With that, I'll turn it over to uh, Brigadier General Helminger for any of his final comments. Hey, John and Eileen, uh, thank you uh, for all of our uh, uh, stakeholders that are out there. Uh, I appreciate your partnership and want to continue to communicate with you uh, so that we're all informed on, on river operations. So, so thank you for joining us this evening. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, with that, we will conclude the call. Thank you. That concludes today's call.